we've got Denning, Davis and Cluzel. Penalties being discussed as World Superbikes moves to Aragon. Greg Haynes with you and it's an absolutely crucial part of the season now for World Superbike 2023 just three rounds to go Jerez at the end of October but first of all this coming weekend Motorland Aragon in Spain and then next weekend Portimao in Portugal where depending on what happens at Aragon in Portimao, Bautista could become world champion for the second year in a row. But the real talking point last time out, two weekends ago at Magnicor in France, was that moment in the early stages of the sprint race. Paul Denning from Yamaha pulled in a protest as a result of Alvaro Bautista clattering into the back of Michael Ruben Rinaldi, his own teammate. And top right's going to go up the inside. Oh. Bautista's following him. I hope he's not. That was the two Aruba Ducatis running into one another there. And Bautista's lost positions. The pressure is starting to pile on Alvaro Bautista. You can tell that was a real mistake. And what happened there was Bautista got sucked in to breaking at the same level as Tarabascatioglu. And when you try and match what he does into Adelaide Hairpin, that's what happens. But look at the fairing on the front. Is that going to finish this race? Because it looks really damaged. We lodged a formal appeal, which is a, a slightly strange thing in the regulations because, for example, if someone jumps the start and has a ride through, you're not allowed to appeal it. If someone's given a long lap penalty, it's judged as a matter of fact during the race and you're not allowed to appeal it. However, if there is not a sanction for something that uh, any rider or team believes could be sanctioned, you're allowed to appeal the lack of that sanction. So we put in a formal uh, appeal. Uh, I sat down with the... Uh, appeal stewards um, they studied carefully uh, after the race um, and sat in line with the stewards that uh, there was nothing more Alvaro could have done in our opinion it's a fairly simple and straightforward uh, position that the regulations need to be followed and the regulation is riding in a responsible manner so as not to endanger any of your competitors and uh, if you're breaking that late against top rack already Michael was wide and um, you know, Alvaro was going too fast and he braked too late. He admitted as much in Park Fermi. It was not, he wasn't deliberate. It, you know, it wasn't even his fault as such. It's just one of those things. But if riders are going to be penalised for error A, which knocks a competitor down, uh, when it's pretty violent impact with uh, Michael and could have resulted in an injury, we expected that that same regulation would be followed and it wasn't. And, uh, it's a tough one because these things are subjective. They're, they're not as black and white as running a turbocharger on your engine and that being illegal. Um, but uh, in the end, uh, we were a little bit disappointed and surprised by the final decision. 
The words there of Paul Denning, a rather surprised and frustrated Paul Denning, the team principal of Patti Yamaha. But you're listening to Talking Away with Greg Haynes. Send me your opinions as well, please, on X and on Instagram, Greg Haynes TV, and also Talking Away podcast at gmail.com. We've got Jules Cluzel coming up. Let's get the latest from Chaz Davis, who was pretty vocal about the incident at Magnicor, and he really did feel and agree with the stewards that Batista did not deserve a penalty. Hello, everybody, on the Greg Haynes podcast. Uh, yeah, obviously, a lot of talking points after the weekend. Um, and, yeah, it's important to, uh, obviously, look at this one in detail because it's not quite as black and white as uh, maybe it looks on the face of it. I think um, it's what's clear here is, without a doubt, Alvaro made a mistake. Um, and, you know, that's not up for debate, of course. Um, but what is up for debate is the circumstances that led to that mistake um, and how the um, events unfolded. Now, a lot of people sort of seem to think that Scott was, uh, Scott and Gerloff was, if Scott got punished for that, then what's the difference? Well, the difference is that um, there was intention from Scott's pass uh, to try and go for a gap, which... Um, in the eyes of the FIM, I think would have been an overly ambitious move. The gap was barely there. Um, and, you know, Scott, Scott tried, obviously, not on, on purpose, hoping to clean out Garrett, but that's what happened. And, and he went for a gap that basically was a little bit too small to fit through. Um, and in that corner, you always know that the rider in front, um, unless he's completely blown it, which, which Garrett didn't, he's always going to come back and find that late apex. So looking at that... Um, I think that the FIM got it right on that on that um, inc- incident, uh, but uh, with Alvaro, the so it was very different in that um, it was basically a little bit unlucky on his part. That uh, what happened is he got into um, a situation where he hit the brakes pretty early. If you go back and watch the video, and I urge people to go and do that because it's quite important to see where Alvaro sits up. Um, which shows that there's no intention to make a pass on his side, which was pretty clear anyway. He was neither going to pass Alvaro, uh, neither going to pass Top Rack, neither Rinaldi. But obviously Top Rack's there. He's going down the inside of Rinaldi. Rinaldi uh, knows that's happening. He sets up wide. And, and that is basically uh, where things would have started to go wrong for Alvaro, is that Rinaldi's doing something which basically wasn't in the plan when he was following top rack in there he could never have foreseen that, Al, uh, that Rinaldi was going to um, set up wide uh, so I think the perfect storm of events was that Alvaro was in there matching the speed of top rack the last meters top rack really pulls it up um, to try to pass Rinaldi and the Yamaha top racks uh, incredible skills <laughs> are able to do that so his stopping performance in the last meters is, is always above and beyond um, other riders and other manufacturers uh, and so top rack slows the bike down Alvaro rather than hit into the back of him picks it up a bit but at that time point finds Michael who is set up extremely wide for the corner to try and get the cut back so that perfect storm of events is what culminated in in Alvaro without a doubt making a mistake having to pick up the bike finding Rinaldi there in his way hitting Rinaldi and you know the rest is history and I think you know a lot a lot of people sort of are trying to say that Alvaro was sort of out of control and everything but you know that's I think and I think this is how it's judged is Alvaro was early on the brakes he wasn't out of control at any point it was just that 
you know, he got caught out the last meters there and Rinaldi was doing something a bit different, which could never have been foreseen. But at the same time, I think the important points to remember and which would have probably uh, formed the decision of the FIM, obviously I have no no clue how they come to their decisions, but they often talk about the was their intention to make a pass and was it overly ambitious and and on both of those counts there was there was none of that and what Alvaro was trying to do it was just a, a series of events that have unfolded in the way they did so that's how I came to my uh, decision I know a lot of people don't agree with that and that's fine as always it's very these penalties are very contentious everybody's got their own views on it um, one way or the other and they've got their their favorite riders and whatnot but you know i saw that knowing what that corner's like knowing seeing how the events unfolded and having been in similar positions myself um it's you know i i felt like the fim did get it right on 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 uh, this occasion so um and also I think what's important to say here is possibly a different steward sitting in that same seat, the same day view in the same incident would have judged it the other way. And that is, you know, I think that would have gone, I, I wouldn't have personally, I've also disagreed with that. I think, you know, with the penalties that have been handed out, sometimes you do, do see them for fairly, you know, innocuous moves. Somebody will do something where you go, oh, well, you know, that's just a bit of rubbing his racing sort of thing. Uh, and on the other side, you, you get somebody clearly getting you know stoved in the side and taken out of the race and uh, and they don't get anything for it so um i think circumstances are important to 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 look at the whole event or the whole unfolding of events and in this case that's what the fan did and in my opinion got it right but that's just my opinion <laughs> Well, that was Chaz Davis the other day when I was having a chat with him on WhatsApp voice message. And I went back to him later to say it's a very interesting, very deep, thorough analysis. But is Chaz doing himself any favours when he's doing the analysis on Eurosport alongside Shaky Byrne by wearing an Aruba Ducati T-shirt? Because it might just encourage people to disagree with him thinking, oh, well, you're just going to back Batista because you're being paid by Ducati. What was Chaz's answer to that? Yeah, Greg, I think you're probably right. I think standing there in the um, Aruba Ducati t-shirt, you know, I, I knew when I signed on for this um, Eurosport punditry role that people are going to view that in a certain way. And, and you're always going to get people, as you well know, as a seasoned commentator, you'll have people that love you and people that loathe you. So regardless of what, you, what you're what you wearing, people can't even see you and they'll be giving you a hard time. <laughs> and, uh, and so regardless of what you're wearing, I think that, you know, if you don't, agree with the popular opinion or a lot of people you know will come out of the woodwork and they'll they'll sort of give you a hard time for for not agreeing with their point of view and that's fine you know i'm i'm fully aware that people have got different opinions on this and this this one it's was particularly contentious i would say um it wasn't a straightforward black and white incident um and i I realized that and i think that a lot of people have got quite passionate about it and um at the same time, you know, I'm not there to give my, uh, I'm not there to agree with what I think might be the popular opinion. I'm there as a pundit to put across my opinion, and that is just my opinion. And in this case, it happens to be one that is probably at odds with, um, you know, most people, most other people. So, um, again, I'm fully aware of the the role and fully open to to any criticisms or whatever. It's just, you know, I don't really care. um it's not something i will lose sleep over and um it's also my job i think it would be quite boring if if i stood there and just agreed 
with um with you guys or with shaky or with jt and just tried to you know give the uh most politically correct answer that i think i could do then i think that would be pretty boring so it's also a bit more thought-provoking for people you know there's probably a lot of people sat at home going well why the hell would the fam come to that sort of decision so if you have you know you they might not get an explanation if if there isn't somebody like there, like me there going, well, I think because X, Y, and Z. Um, so I think there's that side of it as well. It's it's not mm. a bad thing to have a difference of opinion. And yes, I don't do it for that. I don't do it just to be uh, contrarian. But at the same time, I think it's, um, you know, sometimes it makes a bit better TV, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, I know for a fact, Chaz, you wouldn't say this unless you truly believed what you were thinking. And I've always backed you up because I truly believe if Chaz was being... Um, Let's just say, let's say his opinions were being swayed towards Ducati because of the fact he works with Ducati. I would say that, but I truly do not believe that. And I know, Chaz, you truly are saying what you think. Would it not help, though, that the stewards perhaps at the end of the weekend clarify why they've come to the conclusion they have? Instead of just saying, yes, it's a long lap penalty, or yes, it's a double long lap penalty, or no, there will be no penalty. Would it not help if they actually clarified why? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it would help the FAM's case if they would, um, you know, even come up and face the camera at the end of the weekend mm. and say if there is ever a contentious um, decision been made I think that if they face the camera and said we came to this decision for X, Y and Z reason um, I don't think it'll ever happen that's not the FAM style at all they're quite untouchable in that regard you know it's usually the decision of the FIM is final um, so you can't even set foot in their office without getting kicked out of it um, so the chances of them actually coming to a camera and being bothered to explain it it's not something they have to do and it's not something that they do do um, but I do think it would help them help their case I completely agree um, but yeah we'll uh, probably be waiting a while for that one you're listening to Talking Away with Greg Haynes don't forget you can get in touch comments on YouTube on the Greg Haynes TV YouTube page and also on X formerly known as Twitter of course and on Instagram joining us now is Joel Cluzel Joel, really nice to talk to you. In an interesting situation, there's only two people I've actually spoken to so far who do not think Alvaro Batista should be given a penalty. One of them is Chaz Davis, as we heard there, and the other one is Alvaro Batista. What do you make of it? <laughs> it's strange that uh, they didn't say the opposite. Uh, yeah, for me, on my side, I just say that uh, uh, he should have get the penalty. Why? Easily, uh, because if you give the penalty to one of the riders... At the beginning of the year, you should give the same for everybody. It should be the same for everybody during all the whole year. So um, I don't understand the, t- the steward in this case. It's not fair for all the teams and the, the riders. Well, we've tried to do a, an interview request for Eurosport this weekend with Antonio Lima, who is obviously the, one of the stewards, as you will know. And we didn't get a reply from Antonio. And the FIM, who have replied, have said he's going to be unable to speak to us at the moment. I know they're not usually open to chatting with the media, as Chas said before. What do they normally consider good or not good, though, Jewel, when it comes to penalties? Is it what Chas was saying? Should it make a difference if you're actually trying to overtake or you're not? I mean, I really like Alvaro Batista. We did a feature with him on Monday at his home and it's coming up on Eurosport this weekend. But I still feel with a neutral sort of perspective that if you've caused an incident, you should receive a penalty, shouldn't you? Whoever you are. 
Me, yeah, yeah, correct. Um, I, I don't understand the stewards, uh, to be honest, on the last years. Uh, if you also check TV, you sometimes don't understand the penalty or not <laughs> in this case. Uh, sometimes there is penalty, you don't understand why. Uh, but the problem is when you start to do like that, you need to continue on this way. Mm. Um, it's really strange, and I think they 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 should uh, have some uh, uh, experienced ex riders uh, with them because uh, for sure racing incidents sometimes it's racing incident and you don't have to uh, get a, a penalty for that. But sometimes they put penalty in this case. So yeah. in the case of Alvaro, I cannot understand why he didn't get the penalty. Just to be fair to what Chaz said, because we want to be as fair as possible here, and you've also said that you think it was a racing incident. I also think it was a racing incident for what it's worth, although it was obviously caused by the fact Batista went deep into the corner. There was no malice. It wasn't like Alvaro was trying to attack Michael Rinaldi. So should that be taken into consideration? Yeah, 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 for sure. Racing incident. He made a mistake. He didn't want wanted to pass uh, Rinaldi, uh, but in this uh, situation, uh, Toprak was passing Rinaldi. He was behind them, and I don't know what happened. Small mistakes from Bautista. You know, it's a human. He can make mistakes like everybody. Mm, of course. Uh, and he did. Uh, it's racing incident, for sure. But now we are speaking about the penalty, yes or not. For me, no penalty in the normal case. But... If you give a penalty to Scott Reading or to to other riders in the more or less same situation, you know it's really hard to uh, to 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 just tell uh, what happened or not on the bike. Only the riders know. Just continue on this way. You cannot sometimes say yes, sometimes no, sometimes yes. Why? Why? So that's why uh, I I didn't agree with the. The, the, um, the penalty so just to conclude here Jewel and obviously you've won many many races in world super sport you've raced in world super bike you've finished second you've finished third in the championships you fought for championships it feels to me as though the debate here the main point is perhaps not as such should Batista have been given a penalty or should Reading have not been given a penalty it maybe is more to do with the inconsistency in the dealing out of these penalties. Why are some people getting them, some people not? Or do we just need more defined guidelines explained to the public to help people understand better why you are or are not receiving a penalty? Is that fair to say? Correct. Exactly that. There, there needs to be more consistent, as you say, and, uh, and uh, to be more calm also, because sometimes they just give a penalty like this uh, without really analysing and uh, nobody understands. And in the case of Al Bautista, you know, it was his teammate. So maybe that's yeah. also why they didn't give a yeah. penalty to It made you uh, wonder. It felt a bit like that, didn't it? Yeah, everybody thinks like that. So is it like that? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think it should be like that, but it did make you feel like it was like that, even if it wasn't. Okay, well, let's see what happens. Jules, I know you're going to Aragon this weekend. Just before we go, what do you think might be happening at Motorland Aragon? It's not going to be easy to beat the Ducati on those long straights, is it? Having said that, it is a, a twisty, uh, changeable track with ups and downs. It's not all just about the straight, is it? Yeah, the Ducati there is working every year. Bautista is really strong. Uh, Rinaldi is really strong in uh, Aragon, so maybe we will see all the weekend one-two from uh, Ducati. 
Okay, well, let's see what happens. It's bad news for the championship if that's the case, if you're a top rack fan, but great news if you are a Batista and uh, obviously uh, Ducati fan. Jules, thank you very much indeed. I'm really glad to hear that you're well and all the family's well. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you over the weekend in Motorland Aragon. See you there. Thank you, Greg. So many thanks to Jewel Cluzel. We will be live, James Tozen and I, for Friday practice, and that will be on Eurosport and Discovery Plus, of course, on Friday morning and then into the afternoon session as well. Is Alvaro Batista going to put himself in a strong position to be able to claim the World Championship title at Portimao in Portugal next week? The first answer to that question will come at Motorland Aragon in Spain. Thanks for listening to the latest Talking Away with Greg Haynes podcast. Don't forget you can get in touch with us by email, talkingawaypodcast at gmail.com and also by posting questions and observations on the YouTube page, Greg Haynes TV and on X and Instagram at Greg Haynes TV. 